0: We're going to be um, in Joshua chapter 24, all right, so we're going to finish up this um, study this morning, <clears throat> and uh, we're going to, um, I've got my little buddy here, how you doing Seth, <clears throat> and um We're going to be finishing up our study in the book of Joshua this morning. Joshua chapter twenty-four is where we're going to be at, and so I encourage you to find your place there. And um, <clears throat> we're going to be looking here in a few moments. At the end of the service, I'm going to have a, we need to have a brief uh, business meeting, but uh, won't take long. We just need to have a motion and to vote on. Approving one of our deacons to serve as a trustee to act on behalf of the church, and I'll explain that in a moment here at the end of the service, but uh, Lauren will do that for us. But um, just just at the end of the service, if you could just give us a few minutes just to have a quick business meeting just to address a matter at the church, I'd appreciate that. Some time ago, I heard a story of an old fisherman, every day he'd go fishing, and he would come back in with his uh, boat full, always with his limit caught. He would be the first one back in. And the game warden would watch him with curiosity. And so one morning he showed up as the old man was about to leave the boat dock. And so the old man said, well, come on, let's go. And so they hopped into the, he hopped into the boat and they sped across the lake and they went off to a secluded cove. The old fisherman reached out behind him, pulled out a stick of dynamite, lit it, threw it in the water. Boom! All of a sudden, the fish started coming up to the surface, and he starts uh, scooping up the fish and putting them in the boat, and the game warden, he's like, you know, he, he, he's beside himself. He doesn't know what to say, and he finally gets something. out. He stutters and stammers, and, and, and he, um, you know, like, this is illegal. You're going to get fined. You're going to lose all your fish. You're going to go to jail for this, and, and the old fisherman, he just kept on scooping up the fish, putting them in the boat, and... Sat back down, reached out behind him, pulled out another stick of dynamite, lit, lit it, tossed it to the game board, and said, You're going to fish, you're going to sit there and talk. <laughs> there comes a time in life when we need to choose, when we need to decide. And this is where we are today in the book of Joshua. Chapters 23 and chapters 24 record Joshua's farewell address to the nation. We're going to see here at the end of the chapter that Joshua passed away at the age of 110. And so if he was near the same age of Caleb, we saw back in chapter 14 at the age of 85, Israel has been living in, they've settled in the promised land for nearly three decades. And as Joshua's life came to an end, he called for the last time the people of God to decide. It's time to choose. The message that the Lord gave through Joshua to his people then is the message that God is giving through Joshua today. And so if you have a copy of God's word with me, let's look at the 24th chapter of Joshua. I'm going to read the chapter in its entirety. Verses 14 and 15 will be the text for today. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem, and he summoned the elders, the leaders, t- judges and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Long ago your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived uh, beyond the Euphrates River and worshiped other gods, But I." took your father Abraham, from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him through Canaan, and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac, I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Seir, to Seir, to Esau, but to Jacob and his family. But Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there, and I brought you out. And when I brought your people out of Egypt, you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea, but they cried to the Lord for help. And he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the wilderness for a long time. I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived east of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them from before you, and you took possession of their land. When Balak, son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent for Balaam, son of Baor, to put a curse on you. But I would not listen to Balaam, and so he blessed you again and again, and I delivered you out of his hand. Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you as did the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, but I gave them all into your, I gave them into your hands. I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove out, which drove them out before you, also the two Amorite kings. You did not do it with your own sword or bow. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil, and cities you did not build, and you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods, of the, your, the gods your ancestors worshiped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods of your ancestors whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living but as for me and my household we will serve the Lord then the people answered far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods it was the Lord our God himself who brought us, out, brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites, who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Joshua said to the people, You are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end to you after he has been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. And on that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people. And there at Shechem, he reaffirmed for them the decrees and laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak, near the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to the people, this stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. Then Joshua dismissed the people, each to their own inheritance, After these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110, and they buried him in the land of his inheritance at Timnath, Sarah, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived them and who had experienced everything the Lord had done for Israel. And Joseph's bones, which the Israelites had brought up from Egypt, were buried at Shechem, in the tract of land that Jacob brought, Jacob bought for a hundred pieces of silver from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem. This became the inheritance of Joseph's descendants, and Eliezer, son of Aaron, died, and was buried at Gibeah, which had been allotted to the son of Phinehas in the hill country of Ephraim. This is the word of the Lord for the day. Verses 14 and 15. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors' worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, if it seems evil in your eyes, Then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose, whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Joshua here in this chapter and in this text is calling the people to choose they are being called to choose whom they will fear and how they will serve. It's the whom and the how. In verse 1 of Joshua chapter 24, we're given the location. Joshua called the tribes of Israel to a place called Shechem. We had seen Shechem back in Joshua chapter 8. It's that city that was located between Mount Ebal and Gerizim. It was there in Joshua chapter 8, that the people of Israel had renewed their covenant with the Lord. And the significance of Shechem is that when God had led Abraham some 500 years earlier than that, when they lived in the land of Ur, the land of modern-day Iraq, when God led Abraham from Iraq, led him across That journey across the desert area into the land of promise, it was there at Shechem, at the oak trees of Mamre, that God appeared again to Abraham and said, Abraham, this is the land that I have promised you. This is the land that I'm going to give to you and to your descendants. It was as if um, Joshua was saying, the Lord was saying to Joshua, come back to your birthplace. It would be like you and I today being summoned to go to the Plymouth Rock, where William Bradford had enacted that the um, the Mayflower Compact. It was there that we began as a nation, and this is where the nation of Israel was here in verse one at Shechem. And addressing the nation, Joshua began in verse two, all the way through verse thirteen. He reviewed their past, their history. It's been passed on to us as an axiom of life that we're doomed to repeat history, repeat the past, unless we learn from the past. And so here we see Joshua taking time to review their history. Why? Because the past shapes the future. In Joshua chapter 24, verses 1 through 5, uh, Joshua summarizes Genesis 11 through Exodus chapter 15. In verses two through five, uh, Joshua begins with the call to Abraham, and he reminds them of their heritage. Abraham, when God had called him, was an idolater. In reminding the people of their past, Joshua was reminding them not of some great heritage that they come from, that they came from. no he reminds them that they in fact that they were Their history was one of pagan idolatry. It's not that they had some great history that they were being challenged to live up to. No, he reminds them that before God had called them, that they had worshipped the false gods. They were to live today for the Lord because of who he was and what he had done for them. These verses, verses 2 through 5, cover 400 years of history between life and Ur, all the way through their slavery in Egypt. Then in Joshua chapter 24, verses 6 through 13, Joshua covers their exodus out of Egypt, beginning in Exodus chapter 12. Their 40 years of wandering, which is covered in the book of Numbers. And then now the conquest and settlement of the promised land, Joshua's 1 through 22. And Joshua here reminds them that they were once slaves and it is only by the goodness and the grace of God that they had now been given land of their own. Did you notice what Joshua reminded them of in verse 13? Look again at verse 13. God speaking through Joshua. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build and you live in them, and you eat from their vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. This is what God had done for them. It was on the basis of who God is and what he had done for them that Joshua is now calling the nation to choose that day whom they would serve, or whom they would fear, and how they would serve. But let's not miss The connection. The story of Israel is our story, is it not? The Bible reminds us of our heritage. It's not because we were somehow good or there was a spark of life or faith in us or an inclination to believe God that God chose us for Himself. No, it's quite the opposite. Like Abraham of old, Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 3 describes both our heritage and our destiny, if it were not for God. If you have a copy of God's word, hold your place in Joshua chapter 24, look over with me to Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, just listen to What our condition, our heritage was, our destiny is apart from Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, the Apostle Paul writes these words As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following the desires, or its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But God, verse 4, Don't miss the force of the scriptures. Remember, at one time Satan was your God and your father. This is who you were. This is your destiny. You are children of wrath. And before anyone who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ for their salvation and for the forgiveness of sins, this is true of all of us this is our our heritage and our destiny but god joshua chapter 14 or 24 verse 14 now fear the lord and serve him with all faithfulness throw away the god's of your ancestors, worship uh, the God's. Your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable, evil in your eyes, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Because of who God is, whom God is, and what he has done, it's time to choose today. That's the argument of this text. It's time to choose today because of whom God is and what he has done, what are we choosing today? You must choose today whom you will fear. You must choose today whom you will fear. Joshua begins in verse 14, and he says, now fear the Lord. The top choice that you and I must make in our life is whom we will fear, that is what we, must, we are called to decide today. This is the choice that is incumbent upon us. Whom will you fear? As I meditated on this verse, I believe the Lord gave me this insight, and that is there are three categories that our fears can be lumped into, buckets that we can drop them into, if you will. Things that we fear. We typically fear people. We fear circumstances and we fear an uncertain future and so when the Lord was speaking through Joshua here in Joshua chapter 24 and he says fear the Lord what is God saying to them and what it, what was God saying to them and what is God saying to us today I believe it is this do not fear people fear the Lord do not fear people fear the Lord it's so easy to fear people is it not The generation that came out of Egypt, that Exodus generation, they did not enter into the promised land because they feared the people. That generation, because they feared the people and did not fear the Lord, died in the wilderness, not seeing what God had promised them. When they went into the land and they spied out the land, their report, you remember the report? their giants were what grasshoppers let's what let's go back it's better to be a slave in egypt than to be a corpse in the wilderness and so they decided to not believe god not fear god and they never realized all that god had promised them and what we find in the book of joshua is that joshua in the book of joshua god addresses these three fears the fear of people the fear of circumstances. The fear of an uncertain future. Go back with me. Hold your place in Joshua chapter 24. And I want you to see something in Joshua chapter 21. Joshua chapter 21. There's a summary group of verses. Verses 43 to 45. At the end of the Joshua chapter 21. That comes at the end of that section of the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter chapters 13 to 21. Which outlined summarized how the land had been allotted to Israel by tribes. Verse 44. The Lord gave them rest on every side, just as He had sworn to their ancestors. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord gave all their enemies into their hands you see what the Word of God highlighted? Not one of their enemies stood against them. The same people that their parents said were unconquerable. Huh. Not one of them were able to stand. Isn't that great? Not one of them were able to to stand. I can't tell you how many sleepless nights I have had because I have feared people. That's not an amen. That's, oh, oh, sorry, brother. There you go. Yeah, I agree, man. I'm with you. Yeah. I remember as a young pastor in Wisconsin, man, I was a nervous wreck as a youth pastor. Man, I was skittish. I was afraid. Man, kids don't like me. Parents are against me. This is gonna be a train wreck. Man, and I was I was anxious. Upset on the inside. And we had a retired pastor on staff. Remember Pastor Joe? <clears throat> and he was another Canadian on staff in Wisconsin. He was my brother and pastor joe would look at me and i'd be confessing my fears in staff meeting and pastor joe would go kevin just do your best and leave the rest with god and he would tell me he says man i remember when i used to pastor up in alberta and, and i thought i wasn't making any difference for god And years later, those people that I thought I wasn't making a difference—they're walking with the Lord and they're serving Him. Just do your best. Leave it with God. You'll—you're not going to see the fruit now. Just wait. You'll see the fruit. I would hear Pastor Joe talk to me, but I couldn't believe it. And I opted to fear people and stay up late at night. 60s a few years away. And I look back, and you know what I see? <laughs> the hand of God at work, at different places in different ways, and ways that I never imagined. Kevin Barkey. Do not fear people, fear the Lord. Do not fear circumstances, fear the Lord. threatening circumstances loom, how are we going to cope, how will we survive, and again the Lord addresses our fear, the fear of circumstances, through Joshua, go back to Joshua chapter 10. If you are here on Mother's Day, you are thinking, "Man, that's kind of a strange pastor passage, Pastor Kevin, for Mother's Day." Do you remember that Joshua chapter ten, the day the sun stood still? When I came to church on Mother's Day, the hear about moms—you are talking about a sun standing still. Joshua chapter ten. <clears throat> Joshua chapter nine. The. The Gibeonites, they deceived Joshua. Joshua made that covenant with them and agreed to protect them assuming that they were far away and they were just neighbors down the road. And and Joshua was a leadership failure. Never sought the Lord and made a decision based on what he could see. And and now in Joshua chapter 10, the the nations, the southern tribes, the the southern kingdom, the the, the kings of the southern part of the nation, the promised land, had uh, formed a coalition to come against the Gibeonites and against the Israelites and so the Gibeonites they send word to Joshua hey the kings are lined up against us we made that covenant you need to come and defend us and so Joshua takes the soldiers and they go to fight the battle right and what does the Lord do he sends a hailstorm and he stops the sun from setting until the enemy had been defeated look at verses 13 and 14 Joshua chapter 10 And so the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies as it is written in the book of Jashar. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky, delayed going down for a full day. There had never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel." And we take a look at our circumstances and we wonder, man, how are we going to get through that? We feel like everything has formed a coalition against us. We're not going to survive this. And we're reminded from the word of God that there is a Lord who fights for his people. And so we do not fear our circumstances, but instead we fear the Lord. Why? Because God is able he was able to stop the sun and the moon, and he gave them a 48 hour day until the nation was defeated. Do not fear the future, fear the Lord. Again, the future seems so uncertain inflation, high gas prices, rising costs. I spoke with one of our members this week. He said, I I don't know what we're going to do. I never expected to see all my bills double. We feel this. We fear this. And again, as we look back over the book of Joshua, God addresses our fears of the future. Again, in Joshua chapter 10 and in Joshua chapter 11. Joshua chapter 10, there is the, the... the southern campaign that Joshua led the armies to take the southern part of the land. Joshua chapter 11 is the northern campaign. God, how Joshua organized the troops to take the northern part of the promised land. And what I find interesting as you study the word of God is that before both campaigns, God spoke to Joshua. I want you to hear what the Lord said. Verse 8 of chapter 10, right? Verse 8, yeah, verse 8. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not, what? Be afraid of them. them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. God spoke before there was a battle. (coughs) Chapter 11. They're fixing to go head north. Verse 6 The Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them, because by this time tomorrow, I will hand them all of them slaying over to Israel. Do not be afraid of what you're going to face, because I've already been there. I've taken care of it, it's done. Now then, fear the Lord. So, what does it mean to fear the Lord? Does it mean that we are to recoil from God in terror? Fear the Lord. Honor. Honor the Lord above your people above people circumstances and uncertainties revere this has to do with our heart our worship our love our trust revere the lord above everything else regard do not regard the lord lightly As though his word is nothing. As though his will can be set aside. As though his commands are optional. Fear the Lord. Allegiance. Have no other allegiance but the Lord. May your allegiance not be to yourself. May your allegiance not be to your potential. May your allegiance not rest on your security. May your allegiance not be to your spouse, nor to your children. Have no other allegiance but that of the Lord. Israel fellowship baptist church kevin barkey your name fear the lord it's time to decide whom you will fear because of whom god is and what he has done it is time to choose today how you will serve. Not only are we to choose whom we will fear, but we must choose today how you will serve. Joshua continues and he calls the people of God to serve the Lord. The key word in Joshua chapter 23 and chapter 24 is this word, serve. It's used 18 times In these two chapters. Sixteen times the word serve is going to show up in chapter 24. Seven times the word serve is going to show up in verses 14 and 15. You think the Lord is trying to say something? You say, well, I only count five in verses 14 and 15. Uh... Or six, it worship is translated, the word worship translated the NIV is the word for serve. Choose who you will serve. Serve the Lord. Choose how you will serve the Lord. Look at what the Word of God says. How are we to serve the Lord? Serve the Lord, first of all, sincerely. Again, the translators of the NIV have taken two words and they've captured those two words in one word, faithfully, serve the Lord faithfully. Hebrew language, there's two words there. The first word there speaks of serving the Lord sincerely. This is serve the Lord from your heart. Serve the Lord with integrity. Serve the Lord without hypocrisy. Let the direction of your life be fully engaged, fully devoted towards serving the Lord. Serve the Lord faithfully. We see that in the NIV text, but it's the idea here of let this be the sign or let this be the mark of your life, a life that is devoted to the service of God. Let your life demonstrate repeatedly regularly let the direction of your life be this that you are living your life on behalf of the Lord make that your choice today that is what Joshua is calling the nation of Israel to what the word of God is calling us to today serve the Lord exclusively Joshua says choose this day whom you will serve if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you evil in your eyes Choose whom you're going to serve. he said. well, what are the options? I want to know what my options are. Well, let's just start here with the text. Joshua says, choose this day whom you're going to serve. Here's your choices. You can choose the Babylonian gods that Abraham and his fathers served in the land of Ur. Option number one. You can serve a no god, the gods of Babylon. Or you can serve the gods of Egypt the Nile god, the god of the flies, the sun god, Ra. It was believed that Pharaoh was the personification of the Ra god, the sun god. Again, not a god. You can serve the God of the Amorites, the land in whom you're dwelling, the Molech and Baal. You can serve those gods. These gods, they require you to sacrifice your children. They'll lead you into a lifestyle of horrible, horrendous immorality. Or you can choose to serve Yahweh, Jehovah God. John Calvin, the Protestant reformer, said, The human heart is a factory of idols. Every one of us from his mother's womb. Every one of us is, from his mother's womb, an expert in inventing idols. Timothy Keller, pastor of Redeemer Church in New York City, uh, fleshes that out for us. The human heart is an idol factory, and it takes the good things like a successful career, love, material possessions, even family, and turns them into ultimate things. And so when the word of God says, serve the Lord exclusively, we're reminded of the first commandment. Do you remember the first commandment? Thou shalt. Yeah. We recite it. But how many of us have erected little gods with little g in our hearts? Serve the Lord immediately. Choose this day whom you will serve. There's an urgency here. There's an urgency to this. Don't delay. Don't don't put off in in serving the Lord, choosing to serve the Lord. Don't let your response to hearing the word of God this morning say, well, I'm going to do that later. Today, I'm going to choose to serve Kevin. I'm going to serve myself. I'm I'm going to serve these interests first and later in life at another time I'll I'll get serious about serving the Lord. Serve the Lord immediately, urgently. You're never too late and you're never too early to make this choice today. You say serving the Lord, what does that mean? Does that mean I have to just start working for God? Does that mean I have to become a preacher? Does that mean I should start teaching a Sunday school class? Let's not think in those categories. Serving the Lord is not doing a work for God. Serving the Lord is the surrender of your life and saying, I'm yours. I serve at your pleasure, your purpose, your will. I yield my life to you. And verse 15 ends with Joshua having made his choice. He says, you choose, but for me and my house, we will choose to, what? Yeah, we will choose to serve the Lord. Francis Schaeffer in his commentary on the book of Joshua Rightly pointed out that when Joshua challenged the people to make this choice, it was a, definitely a matter, a, a matter of a settled choice. But the tense of that verb is not to just say, you choose once and then you're done. Yeah, I chose to serve God back in 1977, it's done. The tense of that verb is that it's an ongoing, moment by moment, day by day choice. Joshua said, I have chosen to serve the Lord. I am choosing the same path of serving the Lord now. I will go on choosing to serve the Lord until the very end. This was the character, the life of Joshua. He chose, he chose, and he chose. and He kept on choosing right to the end. Choose this day whom you will serve, whom you will fear, and how you will serve. It's the same choice that is in front of all of us today. <clears throat> Some of us here, the choice. that needs to be made is to turn your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. We saw already in Ephesians chapter 2 our heritage, our destiny is we have rebelled against God. That's our heritage. Our destiny is that we are living under the sentence of God's wrath. And if it were not for God, there is no escape. But God, in His great mercy, gave Jesus Christ, His Son, to live on this earth, and He died a sinless death on our behalf. The Bible says that all those who repent, all who repent of their sin and believe on Him, put their trust in His death and His resurrection. The Bible says we'll be saved. That's the choice that every one of us has to make. And you're maybe here today and you have never made that choice. Without that choice, no other choice really matters. Like the saying goes, you're just rearranging the, the chairs on the deck of the Titanic as it's going down. That's all you're doing. This is the most important choice, it's a choice that must be made. Most of us, many of us here have made this choice. Our choice is this. It's the choice that the New Testament calls us to make. Romans chapter 12, you remember that? Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. What is God's mercy? You are dead in your sins. Jesus Christ died for us. All those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If God gave up his son for us, how will he not also graciously give us all things? In view of the mercy of God, live for yourself. That's not what the Bible says. In view of God's mercy, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true spiritual act of worship. That word worship there in Romans chapter 12 is the same word that is translated from the Hebrew Old Testament into the Greek Septuagint, same word. This is your spiritual act of service. Do not be conformed to, this pattern, to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, you'll be able to prove, test and approve what God's will is, his perfect, pleasing, and uh, is good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's the choice. I want to end this morning's message with the story of John Chow John is a 26-year-old man who is on the cover of this month's issue of The Voice of the Martyrs. June 29th is the day of the Christian martyr. John Chow, on November the 16th, 2018, for me, the day before, the day my 20, then 26-year-old son married his wife was martyred in his attempt to reach the Sentinelese people of the North Sentinel Island, located in the Bay of Bengal next to India. His body was never recovered. He had given instructions that if he was killed that his body was to be left on the island with the people he was trying to reach. And days before his death in his journal, John wrote these words. I believe the measure of success in the kingdom of God is obedience. I want my life to reflect obedience to Christ and to live in obedience to him. I think that Jesus is worth it. He's worth everything. I would imagine that every one of us would say yes, amen. I agree with that. Jesus is worth everything. Here's the question, how is your life, how is my life showing that Jesus is worth everything? Because of who God is, because of what he's done, choose today. Israel, Fellowship Baptist Church, your name, Now fear the Lord and serve him. Serve him in all sincerity and faithfulness. Choose this day whom you'll serve. Me and my house, we're choosing today to serve the Lord.